Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of Zero Ducks Given. And let's get straight into it because we have got plenty to get through this week. Because as ever, it is myself, Toby Tarrant and Daniel Norcross. But who cares about Toby Tarrant and Daniel Norcross? Because we have got a very special guest with us today. So Stephen Finn, if you listened to the last podcast of 2022, Happy New Year, by the way. You may have heard that he is off to Sam Robson's wedding in Australia. This is the Sam Robson that Finney has been banging on about being the future of England's opening batting at the age of about 35 that Sam Robson is. Um, so he is down under at Sam Robson's wedding. But what an honour to replace Stephen Finn with a proper England cricketer. Someone with a genuine CV. Not just a guy whose biggest claim to a relatively successful England career is a bold quickly in an ODI once. Okay, we're talking about a proper, proper England legend. He's got that six at Brisbane. Don't forget, he got that. He got that six at Brisbane. He's got one Test fifty that he talks about whenever he gets the opportunity. Mm-hmm. He one six at Brisbane. Uh, he He's got a hat trick with Utterfield, all caught on the boundary in a, in a World Cup game. Don't forget that one. Well, How can we ever forget that? The world's worst World Cup hat trick. He was neglects to mention the details of that hat trick. He just likes telling you he got a hat trick against Australia in a World Cup. He neglects to mention it was the worst hat trick anyone's ever seen. Um, but here we have someone whose England CV actually stacks up. Because forget your 150, Stephen Finn. We've got five test 50s here. And forget your Ashes victory, Stephen Finn, because we've got a triple Ashes winner here. We have got a genuine England legend. We have got the one and only Mr. Graham Swan. Hello, Swanny, mate. How are you, sir? Hello. What a, what a welcome. I'm loving this. Look, I, and I've got loads of abuse for Finney as well. All that stuff you've just said, I've got a story that will knock the socks off that and give you ammunition for when he gets back. I'll save it for when you're ready for it. It might be a finishing moment today, but it's a belter. I love Finney, but I'm glad he's not in. The chance to work with Dan Norcross again is <laughs> yes. almost making me too excited to sit down. And, of course, whenever I get to speak to my favourite radio DJ, including Greg James, it's uh, Toby Tarrant. So here I am. 
Look at this. This is great. He's held abuse at Stephen Finn and uh, our biggest podcast. I was about to say our biggest podcast <laughs> rivals, but rivals rivals would suggest that we're even close to having the same amount of listeners. No, no, I tell you what, <laughs> you, you know that I should be on that. I was sacked basically before that even started. Really? The other, I'm not even going to name, I'm not, not even going to say it by name because I'm so disgusted. Jimmy and Greg and I used to do basically a podcast before podcasts existed and I got hoofed out So Felix White. Yes, I'm in the Maccabees. Yes, I've played Glastonbury. Yes, I'm a very dashing and I go out with Florence from the joiner from the, you know, whoever. Florence from the Griffiths joiners, I was about to call them. Florence <laughs> the machine. But um, yeah, I was, I was basically out. So Sharky, if you're listening, thanks for that, mate. I wouldn't be here with my my best mate, Dan, and my equally my uh, and my best man, Toby, if I get married again. Yeah, well, so, no, there's, mean, there's, a, there's, a, there's a couple of things there. I, I mean, we've forgotten also Felix is um, brilliantly, uh, his eyes, his eyes, it's his eyes that do it. Oh, my God. Well, what do you mean you never get out? That's exactly it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I've also got to say, I mean, what, a, what, a, what, a beautiful, what a beautiful tenet we've already got to this podcast. I mean, do you know how we always start, we've always got to tiptoe round the grumpy hulk of six foot seven inch bitterness that is Finney as he ponders where yeah. it all went wrong. And yeah. today we just have nothing but a love in because, you know, we, we, we are doom and gloom, isn't it? Oh, he is. Doom and gloom. He is. Yeah. And, and bless him. You know, do, do you know what I like about you, Swanee? Is, you know, Finney, he comes on here, he's moaning about his latest knee operation and he's still, mm. bless him, he's still trying to make a cricket career for himself. Whereas you're sat yeah. there, sat on your sofa, you've got a glass of wine, you can sit back and rest. On a wonderful cricket career, and Finney's still up there trying to prove himself, bless him. And I think that's where the bitterness and the anger comes from with Finney. Whereas you're a man that's content yeah. with life and what you've achieved, and it's really refreshing, actually. It really is. While we're at it, Swanee, I can see four wisdoms behind you. Oh. Do they do they do they yes. cover the years two thousand nine to two thousand and twelve? Yeah, they're two thousand nine to two thousand thirteen. I was one of their player of the year one year, and they, they give you one. A leather-bound edition that I, I don't know where it is. I think my mum and dad have got it. And the rest, yeah, for when I played, um, I have obviously put the angle of my um of my iPad here, and um, that was a massive plug, by the way. Apple, if you're listening, I need a new iPad. Um, and this is all my basically my memorabilia corner. Oh, they will be, they will be. Um, just if you have you seen that thing when you if you talk to your phone. If you say things when it's lying there, like you start getting the adverts and everything, and they say they're not listening in at any point, but they blatantly are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen that advert when a woman's over the top and she's just listening, talking to her husband's phone, going, mental health issues, therapy, Gucci bags, Gucci bags, Gucci bags. Brilliant. <laughs> this is, does, it, does this explain why I constantly have bald remedies and uh, erectile dysfunction? <laughs> yeah, up. the penis enlargement adverse on my phone has taken over to me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but behind us, I'm actually going to put one out. I've got all my England caps and everything. Oh, look at And they you. just sit, they just sit. So, oh, oh, there we man. go. The actual, yeah, actual play when I'm coming back. So, Finney, explain the cap situation. So, you get a new cap every. 25 tests or something so yeah so a new cap 25 50 75 I, I played 60 so i've got a 25 and a 50 i'm not sure where the 50s go my little boy plays around with them and puts them on and i find him in his bedroom with my bang gloves and, and my I'll hats and stuff so it's um oh. it, it's, any anyone who wants to burgle me it's not all there give me a chance to get it all in one place for you <laughs> and then um, up the insurance a bit before you come around you've just said the burglars to your mom and dad's house that's where the good stuff is 
Yeah. But it's not, I've got loads of cricket balls. I, I used to pick, you know, bowlers when they keep the ball when you get five foot. Mm. Mm. It was right off. And I used to write what the, you know, the figures on there. And in my old house, I had a beautiful cabinet that my wife had built once when we were on tour. And I came back, it was like a trophy cabinet. But then I finished playing and I was at my lowest ebb mentally. And she said, you know, I hate this house. We move it. And I've never got a new one built. So, oh no. Welcome to life post cricket. I just see you in my camp sucking my thumb every night. <laughs> now, here's the plan, Swanny. Here's what we're going to do. So, at the end of the pod, I want to talk to you uh, about, plan? about your career, roughly a, a plan. We're going to talk about your career. Uh, we're going to get that story about Stephen Finn out of you as well. But there are a couple of big topics from the cricketing yes. world that I want to pick your brains about this week. Have you seen the rather embarrassing and hilarious mancad attempt from Adam Zampa earlier on today? Because I think you'd be yeah. able to appreciate this. So, Norcross, if you've not seen this, Adam Zampa in the Big Bash, he attempted a mancad in the last over of the first innings. He ran up, he threatened to bowl, he turned around quite aggressively, especially for little Adam Zampa, who, let's be honest, is a pop absolute pipsqueak of an Aussie. So he's smacked the bales off the stumps. And he's gone, oh, that's out, mate. Oh, you're out. And he's gone and stood at the top of his mark and he's folded his arms as if to say, well, he was backing up too far. But really embarrassingly, the third umpire's had a look at it and Adam Zampa has started the mancad too late. His arm was past the vertical point, which is the rule that they're using now. So it was too late. So after giving it the big in and whipping the bales off and standing there all smug about his mancad, very embarrassingly, the batsman was not out. And then and, and then it's really embarrassing because they went yeah. on to lose the game as well. Now, Swanny, the mancad, it seems to get more pop, it be getting more yeah. popular at the moment. We've seen it in some high-profile games. We saw it in the Indian women versus England women games. We've seen it happening in the IPL. Um, it's leaking into the game more than ever the last few months. Where do you see yeah. as, as, as a, as a you know, traditional cricketer? So I'll be honest. I think if you perform a mancad, you should have to play next game naked. <laughs> that is the only way. If you're willing to do it, if you're willing to do it, stand up for the rules, play the next game naked, and then see if you keep on doing it. And anyone, anyone who comes to me saying, yes, but it's within the laws of the game, it's a normal mode of dismissal. <laughs> Absolute knobs. No, it's not. What it is, is a bang out of order thing that creates conflict on a cricket field. Anything that creates hatred and conflict should be outlawed. And let me just say that, and I'll finish in, in, sum in summation, my lud, I will say this. If you agree with the mancad, it automatically means that it, because you're going down the line of, well, it's in the laws, so you should be allowed to do it. It means that back in the time when Australia rolled the ball along the ground against New Zealand, which was in the laws of the game, you agreed with that. And no one in the world agreed with it and said, what a bunch of absolute thing is Australia up or even trying that. The whole game changed. The mancad needs to go down a similar thing. It is disgusting. It stinks. I hate it with a passion. I did it once with an 11-year-old to run out Mark Snell from Middlesex under 11 who had a gun, and I felt great. My dad, as I walked off the field, my dad said, if you ever do that again, I will take you to the adoption centre and give you a weir. I'm disgusted at you. He's a Geordie, by the way. Yeah. That is it, and I stand with that now. It's disgusting. It shouldn't happen. But, you know, other than that, I think it's great. I, I'm just really irritated today that people are describing this mancad as the same kind of mancad as, say, Dipti Sharma's mancad. So Dipti Sharma's mancad was to win a game at Laws to take the final wicket. Zampa's mancad was more insidious, more tactical, more interesting. There were two balls left, and he'd seen that Rogers was encroaching a bit. So he wasn't going to win the game because there were seven wickets down. So by... 
by running him out, he wasn't actually winning the game. He wasn't changing the course of the game in any other way. He was only, only dealing. He was just with the being an arse. He was, but with the <laughs> but with the batter encroaching. Now this is a different kind of mancad, even though it's the same kind of mancad, uh, in insofar as it is a mancad. So I just like I just like there to be a bit of not exactly nuance. You can still hate it whenever it happens, but I quite like the fact that Zampa's going. Fuck this! There's two balls left. You get no, no, no. if he gets two here, that could make all the difference. I like the fact that he's gone so deep into the mancad territory here. It's now part of his repertoire. He's got the flipper, yeah. the zooter, the slider, the googly. He's got all of that. And now he's got the tactical man cab with two balls left in a big bash game that no one's really watching. And it doesn't <laughs> yeah. really matter. And his upside is that he might prevent one run from being scored. <laughs> that is it. He's prepared. He's prepared in the big Melbourne derby between these two massively established franchises, yeah. the Stars and the Renegades. <laughs> His reputation. The passion runs the deep. Passion <laughs> runs deep. Exactly. Kissing a badge left, right and centre. And yeah. he's prepared you know to what? put his you reputation on the line for that. More than anything. You know what I love about Joss Butler? When he said, or Ben Stokes, when they said, if anyone in my team did that, I'd, I'd call, I would... I'd, reject the appeal and call people back i like that i like to make a stand i totally i just hate the fact that it creates so much conjecture and vitriol and whatever why don't they in this day and age because every single ball is checked for a no ball by a third umpire why don't they just say like the umpire when he's checking the foot he also checks if the batsman is out of his crease the bat is out of the crease when the bowler lets go no runs at all are scored off that ball so the, the the game carries on as well. If a guy hits a six and he's all pumped up, he gets to 50, they check it. Sorry, mate, that is a, a, a dot ball. Those six runs are taken off you. You tell me one coach in the world who would accept any of his team doing that. You take it back to the coach to say, like, there's no way. Like with the no ball that is then has to be re-bowled. Coaches go mad. If you're a bowler and bowl a no ball now, coaches want to rip your, rip your head off in the changing room afterwards, trust me, and rightly so. So just do the same with that. So look, it just doesn't count. The only problem so if, if a guy's desperately trying to steal a run and they drop the last ball and he's out of his crease, I'm sorry, yeah, you've got two and you've won the game, but we've gone back, you're out of your crease. Sorry, pal, the bowling team wins. Thank you very much. I want it called the swan law. <laughs> well, I love that, but unfortunately, because you know, every now and then the BBC part of me comes out, I have to provide the balance of this. And the balance has... No, don't provide the BBC balance. It's, well, it, 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 you're it, such it, a pussy, Norcross. I am a pussy. I'm you are proud of it. You never used to be. You used you used to be a rival. Remember that. You yeah, you used to be anti-establishment. Come on, look at you now yeah. providing balance. Yeah, and now you don't have to provide. If, if this balance has got anything to do with well, but you couldn't do it there at the grassroots level. Who cares? Russian's cricket will always have twenty things a game where people want to fight each other on the field. That can be another one. If you want to turn up and get your parentage questioned every Saturday, then so be it. Move clubs and go to a nicer village place like Toby Baseball. Go to a nice place. Stop playing angry cricket every weekend and just taking it out because Sheridan accounts doesn't fancy you. So you've got to swear at the 15-year-old who's playing first team. Come on, give it up. Sharon's never going to like you. <laughs> I think the lesson here is that it all goes back to parenting. You know, Swanee's dad <laughs> took a stern line and if Adam Zampa had a Geordie school teacher as his father... He never would. We'd never be in this. Yeah, place. he had some coffee-loving vegan milk toast, didn't he? As yeah, a exactly. I mean, look at his hair. Look, exactly. No, no self-respecting father would let you have a haircut like no, that. No, absolutely not.
Um, so that's what it, I think the lesson we've all learned here is the mancad all comes down to parenting. Uh, Rock, let's move on yeah. to another major parenting <laughs> incident that happened in the last week. Um, which actually, I mean, we can laugh now because it ended um, okay, but this was Anrik Norkia being hit by the spider cam during oh, the Australia-South Africa test match. Which, I mean, you forget Norkia's yeah. not been on for a couple of weeks, so a lot's happened in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, hasn't it? Um, but Anrik Norkia, I mean, he got hit by the spider cam, thankfully was okay, but that could have genuinely been ugly. I'd imagine yeah. one of those things weighs a bit. Now, yeah. Swanee, and it was I mean, travelling as well. Swanny, how annoying, because the, the players had no say over the spider cam yeah. and that thing on the um yeah. on the wheels that Brawny got pissed off at uh, a couple of years ago so hilariously yeah. um Johnny 5 Johnny 5 that's it Johnny 5 but this is the first time we've ever seen anything like this and that's got to have a huge bearing in how yeah. those things are operating right. in the future okay so I, I'm, I'm the only one who's going to say this this isn't on the BBC so Dan can't moan and give his BBC um fair legging lecture to me afterwards that was on purpose the Australian still angry at the sandpaper, still blaming the TV producer back there. Yeah, there's no one put two and two together. <laughs> Armit Norkia, the guy who can bowl rockets, is meandering back, minding his own business. It wasn't like it just fell down quickly. That came at him from a good hundred yards away, doing <laughs> a good fifty miles an hour, and then it gave him no warning. It just wiped him out. They were trying to kill Armit Norkia. <laughs> I, I put it to you that Australians under under duress, under pressure, show their true colours. Well, I'm not I'm not going to disagree with you, Swanee, but what I am <laughs> what, what I am going to say is that I think more of this sort of thing. I mean, the, the the film that really got me into sport when I first was I was like seven eight years old was Rollerball with James Caan, and the and the uh, story of that film is basically that all sports people are there to be played with for our sport. They are like flies to the gods. And we spent yes. all this time going, oh, poor old Anrik Norkia. Oh, we've got to worry about the safety of the players. No, we don't. No, we don't. We're, we're never going to be players. The players only get to be players because we pay to watch their humiliation, degradation, pain and suffering. No, I couldn't agree with you more. Cricket, where, where, where batters go out every day and three times out of four fail if they're really, really good. If they're really, really good. We've created a game that's designed to produce so much human misery for the people who play it. <laughs> We should we should embrace this. And if, like, you know, side-swiping a really tall, lumpen South African who runs in a really military, strange <laughs> fashion when he comes in the bowl with a giant piece of metal machinery flying from the sky, then so be it. More of this sort of thing, I cry. You know what I'm going to tell you? I'm going to tell you something. This will show you. Henrik Norke is not that tall, believe it or not. He's not like six foot five, six foot six. He's not like Rordy and Finney. But, gentlemen, hello, Stephen Finn, by the way. On, uh, on holiday, your mate's wedding, who you want to open for England, who was born and raised in Australia. Good on you, pal. No, he's not a massive man. I tell you, he wouldn't be over six foot. He's my height at the most, Henri Norquier. So it's like that That camera went especially low to wipe him out. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, there's some of the two things you didn't know before today. Henri Norquier is not actually that tall. Lovely man, by the way. They were trying to finish him off. Well, if that had been in Australia, if that was, if that was I don't know, Starky or Davo, well, one of the boys, ah, Smithy, there you go, mate. If that was one of those hit by that camera, the whole world would know about it. They would not stop whinging. They'd be, still be moaning about it now. Oh, that is disgusting. We're going to ban all my cameras from cricket games? How dare they? Taking one of our sports stars. Happens to South Africa. Oh, mate, it wasn't on purpose. Oh, sweet airs, mate. Oh, it just makes me sick. 
I hope we absolutely pan him this year. Well, we'll come on to the Astros <laughs> later on this year. But I do think I do think that we should hire the best spider cam operators in the country for the Ashes. Or the worst. And, and if Steve yeah, Smith is looking good, if Steve Smith gets the 20 and he hasn't played a miss to anything. Wipe him out. Wipe him out. Wipe him out. And if Labashane, yeah, yeah. Shane's leaving the ball well outside off stump and not giving us a sniff, wipe him I out. I think we should go one step further and employ snipers on top of the mound stand. Perfect. Sort of the Hunger Games stroke Ashes crossover. Yes, exactly. Bang. Well, you could get, if you had a really quick spider cam, you could just have it hovering over the centre of the pitch just as the bowler's coming into the ball, especially with Smith, who obviously needs yeah. to be in this really white, tight concentration. Uh, incidentally, our short legs should be saying, "Hey, mate, just as just as the ball's about to go, I think you missed the fourth the fourth tap on your box there, mate." At exact that precise moment, the spider cam. Yeah, yeah. Drops, I don't know why more people don't do that. Why don't they do that? Drop the spider cam down the middle of the pitch and and shoot it back up again, just as Archer's coming into bowl. That would be yeah. absolutely mint. Yeah. I, I liked your little accent there because you started doing an Australian accent for the short leg and then had to quickly <laughs> change back to an English one when you realised yes. you messed up. See, if you were doing one of the accents when I played in the team, it'd have to be a South African accent. Yeah. Most of the team are actually born and raised. Yeah. In I, could just say, I, I could just say, Smithy, I think you've possibly missed the third or fourth little tap on the head followed by yeah. the... No, he'd be trotty. And then, and then... Hey, look at you. You're rubbish. Why are you playing? Yeah, it's a joke. Right, Smith, no one likes you. Well, just when Lee runs when you were playing, I mean, when they first, when Smith first died, he was absolutely rubbish. How is he? How are we allowed him? You're to right. Be good. You're right. My record against him is exceptional, Derek. Mm. Is that right? I don't know. <laughs> he, was, he wasn't one of their top line batsmen. No, 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 no. He, he, he was a number seven. Leg he was a number seven. Legs. <laughs> to be honest, to be honest, in the time I played Australia, for the second half of that anyway, David Warner was playing. There was only one wicket each English bowler wanted to get, and it was it was a shavy David. It was Sandpaper Dave. You wanted him in your in your book, and you just take everyone else's to try to. <laughs> I mean, uh, that, that, fascinatingly, I just want to get where Swanee's moral compass is. So, Swanee, you're anti mancad. You think it's the worst thing ever. You are pro snipers on yep. the roof assassinating Australian batsmen. <laughs> so I can work out <laughs> where your moral compass is pointing. I'm just. It's... Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, I'll just go back to the mancad. I, I was. I think I said this on the BBC. It might explain why they don't ask me to work with men anymore. Because I once said, it's like kissing your sister. It's not illegal, but it bloody well should be. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm talking heavy petting here, not a peck on the cheek. Right, okay, okay. Well, you know, I can't see why the BBC would be this. See, Radio X, we encourage that sort of behaviour, as you know, Swally. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And with the three things I'd written down, 
were Mankad, Norky hit by the cam, and David Warner, which ends us seamlessly into what you were just bringing up, yeah. the Graham Swan, because he's just played his hundredth test under a lot of pressure, and he's gone and scored him. Two hundred. He's got. You know what I say about David Warner? He is possibly, you know, he's one of the worst blokes I've ever played cricket against. What makes him that that bad is not just his attitude and his chat, which is truly horrific, and the fact he can't take it back his way, uh, which is hilarious. It's the fact that he's really bloody good as well. Because <laughs> if he was shit, you wouldn't care. If, if he was like, I mean, but he's he is that good, and he is a match winner. And he, you know, I, I actually really like, now I don't have to play against him. I actually really enjoy watching Dave and I watch, I enjoy watching him back, especially against Broadly in test matches. But he is, you know, he, he is a, a, an, a, an X-man and he's a brilliant player. I just, you know, all the Aussies who grow up and they're not that intelligent believe that you have to do massive sledging when you start playing because they're the stories about the old Aussies. There's so little sledging in Ashes cricket, you wouldn't believe it. Way more heated when you play India or Pakistan. When you're playing in Australia, there's the odd guy who comes in normally and he's playing one of their first couple of games and they'll just go hell for leather at you, shouting and swearing. I remember Doug Bollinger coming in to play in Adelaide and he just started swearing his head off straight from the word go because he's read in the media and he's believed the hype. And Ricky Ponting, after about three hours, go, Doug, just shut the fuck up and bowl. Concentrate on fucking bowling, mate. <laughs> because he doesn't do anything because it doesn't affect players. But they used to wind everyone up so much because when he was doing badly he didn't say a word and as soon as he got to run he was that bloke every club's got one every club's got one that bloke the second he does well everyone knows about it he won't shut up you can't say anything back in him you can't make him buy a round he won't do that he'll disappear before it's his round you know, he won't give anyone a lift when it's this week to do the teas he will not do jam donuts there'll be cheap horrible cheese sandwiches made on a Thursday he's that bloke he is a guy that goes missing when it's his <laughs> when it's his round in the pub. He's that's the sort of man that David Warner yeah. tries to have to admit. Well, now we need to talk about the ashes coming up. This hang thing, on, hang on, before you before you do, before yeah. we got one last piece of controversy you haven't touched on this week, and it was one of my favourite pieces of controversy because it, it had that thing happening where everybody suddenly believed in natural justice, and we've got a bowler on this show, and we need to ask him about it. We've got two bowlers, we count you, although one and a third. So <laughs> I'll when, take that. <laughs> when when Michael Nisa, when Michael Nisa did a fantastic impression of a dancing horse at the Olympics by taking a catch, yeah. by taking a catch, juggling it right, yeah, out outside the boundary without his foot touching the ground, then came back to the other side. Then suddenly everyone went, "Oh, that's got to be six. Since when has it got to be right. the ball? Just because the ball went over the line. It's not football. We don't have an imaginary vertical line that goes over the sodding boundary. When that unbelievable save from Ben Ben Stokes in the in the World Cup where he managed to yeah. claw the ball back from three feet behind the boundary and flip it back, that wasn't bloody six. Why is it six just because Michael Nisa manages to yeah. juggle it over the line? But everybody's going on about it. It's not fair. It's not fair. Cricket's not bloody fair. The idea of cricket is not no. fair. You don't turn up to play fairness. It was a moment of genius. <laughs> and they want the bloody rules, the laws. But, yeah, the laws are going to be changed. Fury. I agree and disagree with you on this point because I see. agree that it should be out. There was absolutely no issue for me. He caught it inside, and then he just did like a prancing horse impression, which I like that analogy. Well done, Dan. And then went back yeah. inside. The thing that I will not have is on Twitter this week, because I follow you, Dan, I stalk you, I still do. 
one thing I will say is that it's bloody hard to do. It's very, once you're over there and you do it, any kid can run in the world, just jump in the air and give himself a little lollipop. So I'm not having it. Was, it was tricky. I think it was an easy skill to master. To master. Really? But it should definitely, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, and in fact, I'm willing, more than happy to be escorted down to Lords or to be, actually, to be paid handsomely and driven down to Lords by Zero Ducks Given. And I'll prove how easy it is to run and jump in the air and just keep doing it. Would, okay. Uh, I'm up for that. Well, I'm, a couple I'm, I'm of that because, because it's funny you should say that because one of the things that people said was, but if we allow this, there's the danger that someone will just run and jump around the outside of the yeah. <laughs> all, all, all the time. I know, I think it sounds brilliant. I think that's like excellent. Yeah. The thing is, and imagine how long the third umpire take analysing every single one of the little leaf. Let's face it, the third umpires, do you get this when you watch it? Because I know I do as a commentator, and I get very angry because everything is so obvious. Every yep. runner, every LBW, and like, it'll hit someone miles outside the line and then they'll go and check yep. whether he hit it or not. It doesn't matter. Hit him outside the line. Let's just go to that. Common sense. Every third number, it's like, you know when your mum used to try and record something on a videotape as a kid and it'd be watching her trying to use the VC or watching the supply teacher trying to play the video for the class when everyone's just <laughs> throwing little pellets and we're rolled up to chewed up paper at him. It's like that. The third umpires are old men, more or less. They're all the, over the age of 50. They're all good old people who play the game, but they can't use technology. Please, get a young pup in. <laughs> yeah. 21-year-olds who can just in three seconds flat go, yeah, it's out, mate. You don't need to see out, but it's not out. Get the bloke who tried to kill Nokia with the spider cam. He knows his way around uh, technology. But you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're so right. melt him out, wouldn't it? Everything's <laughs> out with him. But you're so right. Sometimes they, they show the slow motion replay for an LBW, and the umpire, you even hear him go, there appears to be daylight between bat and ball. There's a mile between yeah. bat and ball. He goes, but let's yeah. get Snicko up. Why? You know he hasn't hit it. But you know what? When you're doing TV as well, and I think it's still the same in radio. I can't remember um, because it's been so long. I'm still available, Mr. Mountjoy. Anyway, um, Mountford <laughs> even Mountjoy. You're the Doug Mountjoy with his properly shut snooker play. It's in a world final. Lost it, sadly. But you're told when you're doing it, you get the voice in your ear going, don't talk over this, please. Let's listen to the third umpire. And so basically, you're now being paid to give this bloke who, who couldn't get in the international cricket team. Yep. He played half a dozen games for his first team, averaged seven, and took up umpire. Let's face it. And there are some good umpires out there, and it's their chance to shine. Rock and roll. Let's see that again. Back on frame, please. They're just doing it. They text their wife as they're doing it. No, no, put Sky Sports on now. I'm on it now. Fucking <laughs> Sky Sports, what? I'm on now. Listen. But rock and roll. Rock and roll. Well, move up. You can stick with your on-field decision, Alim. <laughs> what in hell? The, the, the worst. You can say not out. The worst, the worst, was the worst was the Commonwealth Games. There was, there was an absolutely unbelievable one of the Commonwealth Games, which took six minutes to decide a stumping. It's a line call. It's a line <laughs> call. Right? You know... I mean, you've you've only got the evidence you've got. Look at the evidence you've got and make the decision immediately. That's all there is to it. It's incredibly yeah, easy. Exactly. I, I actually personally, I know. I've, I've I've sent a letter to the ICC. I sent them a letter, and I said I am willing to be the third umpire for all matches taking place around the world simultaneously. I will sit in a gigantic yeah. hotel room in a massive bed surrounded by huge quantities of champagne and great nibbles and yeah. massive ashtrays. Where would the room be? What, what part of the world would you be in? 
You'd have to well, be in the Middle East somewhere, well, Dubai. Yeah, yeah, the only place I've been able to smoke in my room. I, when, I was in, in August, when I was in Pakistan, there was actually an ashtray in my bathroom, which I thought was unbelievably luxurious. So probably <laughs> probably, probably a, 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 a top hotel in Pakistan, either Lahore or Karachi. And I could give all of those decisions in a fraction of the time. And it's simultaneously. Yes. I, I could think, do I all think, the different I think everyone like that. Yeah, all right, but no one. Well, I don't know if you can watch much football, Dan. I don't. I don't. I don't believe you're a massive football fan. No, because I know what team you follow. So I know you're not a big football fan. Wow, that was. Yeah, I'm, I'm top of um, our fantasy league, incidentally, but that's another matter. Well done, well done. I'm not inviting that one either. Um, I didn't even saw Forrest were playing the other night on TV, and I was I was in Salka with another family, with a friend of mine who's a Forest fan, and so I was watching the game. And I'm a Newcastle fan, and so we've had a, a boring nil nil draw the day before against Leeds, who part the bus, dirty Leeds. We're diving everywhere. We won't go into that. But there was a similar thing. So VAR came in. Forrest scored a, a, a goal to claw himself back in the game. And on the first replay, everyone went, oh, they're checking the handball. But look, it's very obviously offside now because the ball hits another player on the way in. So he's no goal. And it took six minutes again to get in every conceivable angle when everyone in the ground is just going, for Christ's sake, just give it or not. And it was so obvious, and I've and I just thought at that exact point, there should be a mouth. He's, he doesn't even play the game. He doesn't even play all the sports. It's just given a book, taught how to do it, and say, this is common sense, overall stuff. And, and what I hate more than anything, so I'll go back to the studio, and everyone will go, oh, but there is a, a due process that has to be followed. Why? Why? It's not a court of law. People aren't being done for first-degree murder here. It's whether Adam Zampa's arm's gone past fucking bird's call on it. <laughs> what we need is basically a Tom Cruise and Minority Report figure who's bringing up Gloucestershire, mm. Northamptonshire here. He's got the T-10 yeah, got League over here. He's got the PSL over here. He's just dragging games along and going, stumping, not out, LBW, caught behind. That's what we need, essentially. About, I'd, I'd make it like I'd make it to start with, in order to prove the concept, I'd make it a celebrity, but a lugubrious one. I'd get someone like Tim Key to do it. Okay. I think Tim I think Tim oh, Key no. would be a great world Timmy Mallet. umpire. Timmy Mallet. I like good. Timmy Mallet. Yeah, Tim Mallet would be great. Right. I, I want to tell you this. This is true. This is true. I once played a game, and this will sound weird. Me and Jimmy Anderson played a game at Windsor Castle. And it was obviously like a uh, a charity game, whatever. We were at Windsor Castle. We saw the Queen driving in a, a Land Rover, driving pretty nippily as well. I liked E2 after that. She was going quite quick. Bless her. Um, but also, I was actually dismissed because I hit an 11 year old boy was playing and I hit him for a massive six, way over the line. But I was caught by Timmy Mallet, who was 30 yards over the boundary, or 40 yards, there's a bigot, in still in his Timmy Mallet shirt with his mallet. He caught me and I was given out because it was such a stupendous moment. So I've been caught out by Timmy Mallet. And if anyone could ever top that for a cricket dismissal, I'll eat my own hat. I reckon no one's been caught out by Timmy Mallet. <laughs> yeah, let's make it Timmy Mallet. Now, we've only got about seven or eight minutes left. So, Swanny, here's what I want to do. I want to talk about the fact that, first of all, the Ashes are coming up this summer. Now, as a three-times yeah. Ashes winner, three-times Ashes winner, when when do you start put, having a little glance at the fixtures? And I know that England will say the professional things of, we've got a series to think about in New Zealand first. We've got a white ball series. Here. Yeah, but I know. You've got one eye on the Ashes now, haven't you, if you're an England player? Of course you have. Yeah, every single England player is thinking that. First of all, the fringe players are thinking, please don't mess up against somebody else and get dropped for the Ashes. And they're thinking, if we go away, you're desperate to do well. And you want to be a good ball. I grew up 
wanting to get Alan Border out at the SCG to win the Ashes for England. That's all I grew up because I, I and that's no um, detriment to the other teams, but England Australia is the one. It's like if you're a footballer, you want to win the World Cup against Germany. I mean, it's like it's just that thing. So. Yeah, every player will be desperate. I mean, I can't speak on behalf of the South African lads and the Aussies who play for England because they might not give a shit who they play against. <laughs> but it's the biggest... It is the biggest tournament, and it is amazing. Just the first day of the Ashes, of my first Ashes at Sapphire Gardens in Wales, boy. The first Ashes test in Wales. Um, normally, day one of a test match, there'll probably be like 30 people on the field. Like, there's TV crews. Um, the BBC guys will be there. Sky will be there. Before the first day of the Ashes, there was no room to warm up on the field. There were about 25 different camera crews from all around the world who turned up. Yeah. So it's just, as a player, it is amazing. I loved every second uh, of playing Ashes cricket. Could, could you pick a, of those three victories? Is there, have you, Could you pick a favourite? Yeah, the first one for me, because I've got um, Mark Hossie out of the Oval. And this is where, this is a true story. Mike Hussey was a mate of mine because he played for North Ants years before he got in the Australian team. So before the Ashes, I spoke to him and he said, mate, I had a dream last night that I hit you for four through the covers at the Oval to win the uh, Ashes for Australia. And I said, bullshit, mate, I'm going to get you caught short leg to win the Ashes for England. And I got him out, caught short That's leg amazing. the Ashes for England. Oh, and Alistair Cook caught the ball. And Cook, he put it in his pocket as well as soon as he caught it. Because now it's like customary that you you know you, you give the ball to the bowl or whatever. And so after the game, like an hour afterwards, when we've all had the massive celebration, I caught him in the changing room and went, mate, thanks for getting that ball. Can I have it now? And he went, fuck off. This will be worth millions, what, mate? <laughs> 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 so nice guy, Alistair Cook, whoever, Sir Alistair, whoever thinks he's a, a doy in the society, is not. He's a thief. If I forced him to put that ball in the MCC Museum, forced him to do it. And his dad, he said, oh, yeah, my dad's brought it up to Lords and brought this doggy and thing. He tried to put a fake ball in. And I, I berated <laughs> him until the, the real one went in that museum. The biggest... So, so, hang on, hang on. Just to be clear, just to be clear, if if you had got the ball yeah. off Cookie, yeah. if, you'd like, if you'd gone in and just like yeah. nabbed the ball immediately, would you have given it yeah. to the MCC Museum or would it be... In... It'll be on that, <laughs> on, on my uh, thing behind me. But the whole point was, well, I, put, I didn't want to take it, so it was still legally his... He can. He's, he's loaned it to the MCT Museum. I mean, you work with him now, so have him about this. Yeah, I will. And just no. Well, I will. No I No. I'll say the other thing about Alistair Cook that no one ever brings up in public. Right. He's got a possum spying eye. His left eye looks over your shoulder when he's talking to you. Me and Jimmy are convinced this is why he was such a good player at quick bowling because he can basically see into the future with that thing. He's like the bionic man. <laughs> <laughs> so if he, if he questions my story about that Greek ball, bring that up. It was shocking. Oh, do you know, I think he, he might he might. Hello, Cookie, by the way. I dearly love you. He might be robotic. I mean, look, he doesn't sweat. He doesn't sweat. You reckon yeah. he's got a bionic eye. He's Steve Austin, isn't he? He's, I mean, it's not really flesh sweat. and blood. He's just made out of animatronic silica. No, it's been put I love the fact with Cookie. Cookie is so anti, like, celebrity and everything like that. He, he couldn't, he hates it. He just, it's not him. During the off scenes and when everyone like will get personal trainers to make sure they uh, the body fat's down with yeah, I make sure I pass the Cookie joined the Leighton Buzzard Runners. And he'd go out and he held the five K record for the buzzards. I love that thing. I love that. It's just he it, it couldn't give him two shits about anything. And he came out to have he stayed in shape because he is freakily fit as well, yeah. Cookie. And he looks awful now. 
Because you know when people start to get older and they get fit, they just don't look well. And everyone lies, go, oh, you look amazing. But they look like Skeletor from He-Man. They look dreadful <laughs> in the face. You should always have a little bit of podge in your cheeks, like me and you, Tobes, when you get to our age. <laughs> I'm, del- I'm delighted. Any- Norcross, you must be delighted to be left out I'm, of that. I'm, I'm, I am, I'm over the moon. I mean, no, 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 no. Dan smokes so much. Dan never eats. He smokes that much. So he's, he's very, very fit. But it's, it's not that weird fitness thing where your cheeks sort of start sucking in all the time, not just when there's a camera in the room. You know, you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Just weird. Now we need. We, as I've mentioned, that name Stephen Finn. I don't like to talk about him at the best. I don't like to talk yeah. about him even when he's here on the podcast. But um, so first of all, Swanee, first memories of Finney, memories of playing with Finney, Finney yeah. the peak bowler. What, 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 what does what, when you hear the name Stephen Finn? What does it, what does it bring back for you? So a couple of things for me. I, I've never known anyone. I mean, he was a lanky streak. Let's face it. But he was so fast when he first played. I feel that. That game at Lords he played that he talks about, the one where he bowled really quick, I was at first slip. And you know in one-day cricket, when they do that weird thing where you sort of stand in a one-and-a-half slip position to try and cover a bit of the ground? And we were miles... I was next to Craig Keysvetter, um, and we were miles back. And someone edged it. And I remember... I mean, I was a good slip field, and I know that. And I happily admit that. I'll never brag about my bowling or batting, but I was a bloody good slip fielder. <laughs> I remember someone edged it, and as they edged, I thought, oh, he's nicked that. And as I thought about moving, but is that mine? Is it the keepers? I remember it just went past me. It fucking flew past me. <laughs> like, it was the quickest thing I'd ever seen. I was like, Jesus Christ. And happily turned around, went, that was your catch. To Keith's <laughs> So he was, but he was genuinely quick. Another thing, though, he, I've never known anyone believe in themselves less than Philly. I mean, this is, I mean, I'm not having a go in, but he should have taken a lot more wicket if he believed in himself more. And you know that six for he got at Brisbane? Mm. He got six, we, we all got panned everywhere, basically. And I'm walking off going, ah, one for 95. I'll take it. <laughs> at least I got a wicket. And Jimmy's going, oh, two for 94. At least I didn't go off for 100. Finney walks off with six for I go, well then Finney goes, nah, great. I bowled like a clown. I can't I can't be happy with that. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this kid don't get it at all. <laughs> You're hard on yourself when you've just lucked out and got a six for you should be walking up skipping going, Yeah, boys, six for eighty five. What are you like clowns doing? I mean, and I'll always love Finney for that because he was like a little school. But that's a story I was gonna tell you at the top of the show. So this is off the field. And he's happily with a very attractive woman now. This is in the days when he wasn't, all right? He was a young punk. He's not a bad-looking lad, Finney. I mean, he's got a massive nose on him, he and he supports does. Watford. There's not a lot yeah. going for him. But, you know, he's on the telly, so people are going to like him. We went, me and the wife, uh, went to a day at Epsom Trials. Suey the booty, top pan towel, the Epsom tri- Trials. And Phil Tuffle and his beautiful wife, Dawn, were there. And Finney was there. And it was all for Jaguar, I think. And we were there. We had a lovely day. And we sat at this beautiful long table having a slap-up dinner. And Finney's there. And I'm going, Finney, that girl sat next to you is so fit. It's ridiculous. And it was a girl from Downton Abbey. Now, I don't watch Downton Abbey. You'll have to excuse me. Never seen it. But this is a young girl. And she's got red hair, long red hair. She, honestly. And my wife's listening upstairs. She doesn't care. She was so beautiful. It was ridiculous, this girl. <laughs> and she's desperately trying to chat to Finney. And Finney's like, he looks mortified. He's like, and she keeps giggling away, tilting her head, everything. The side, the come on sides are ridiculous. And anyway, so Finney goes to the toilet. 
for a, for a strange amount, a long amount of time as well. But we won't talk about that. <laughs> and while she's gone, this girl t- turns to my wife and goes, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I really fancy this guy next to me. But everything I say, it's like he's a robot. He won't, he just, he's got nothing. He's got nothing at all. So, and when Finney came back, Sarah's like, go and have a word with him. Sort him out. Come on, we'll sort it. And so I took him aside and went, Finney, come here. Look, this girl really fancies you. Just come on, sort your game out. And he just turned to me with this look of panic and went, no, great. I'll tell you, I'm I'm a boy of the Tinder generation. I haven't got a fucking clue how to talk to girls. <laughs> I said, that was it. This potential, like, glamour girlfriend, like, wife-to-be. She was adorable. She was the best-looking red I've seen until you came on Toby tonight. <laughs> and he you. just couldn't. No, I'm, I'm a man of the Tinder generation, Gray. I can't talk to her. That's amazing. That is Stephen Finn. Oh. That's also the greatest impersonation of Stephen Finn I've ever heard. I mean, yeah. we, we could actually continue this. We, we could pretend that Stephen is still on this podcast, but I have Graham basically as a as a kind of guest every week. <laughs> yeah, we could. Well, also, we can make it. Yeah, I will say, in all fairness, in, in all honesty as well, I absolutely adore Finney. He is one of the, you know, some people who have played for England and you always say, yeah, nice guy, down-to-earth guy. Finney really is a properly down-to-earth guy. The fact that he used to get the Watford goalkeeping kit every Christmas, all his life growing up. I mean, anyone, no one supported Watford. Even in 84 when they got to the cup final, only a couple of bandwagon supporters joined in. But Finney's there every week. He loved, He probably doesn't go now, to be honest, because it'll involve buying a ticket and he will not do that. <laughs> Tired as <laughs> We do have to. Uh, we we will let you go. I know that your beloved Newcastle are playing right now. Um, but mate, it's been an absolute pleasure, and we do all love Finney. But we can just never tell him, and he'll never listen to this podcast. So that's fine. But next week, or whenever no. he's next back on, we'll um, we'll just ask him if he's ever watched Downton Abbey, and we'll just we'll just subtly drop in a few breadcrumbs <laughs> there as well. Um, sorry, mate. It's been yeah, please do. To see you, mate. Please Let's do. Have a, let's have a beer please soon, do. and will you come back on our podcast as well soon, mate? I'll come back anytime. Anytime you don't have me, I'm back. Oh, I love you guys. What are you doing next week? Because, I mean, I'm not sure what... I, I, I dare say Philly's not around, and we can make this a regular Next week, Next week, I'm... On the 20th, I'm going to Sri Lanka with the England Lions on the 20th to do a bit of coaching. As a world first. You're the first people I've told about that. But apart from that, um, I'm doing nothing for January, so hook me up. Oh, lovely. Well, Swatty, mate, it's been great to see you and uh, and good luck to the tune tonight against Arsenal. Massive game at the time of recording. How are you, lads? <laughs> Graham Swan, ladies and gentlemen. Norcross, lovely to see you as well, lest, lest we forget. And, uh, and I'll yeah. see you next week. Well, it was lovely to see you. And, and next week, let's have, let's have an update on the old fantasy football league because um, no. I, 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 think it's, I think it's getting a little bit tasty. I've I put in a guy this week to be my captain, a bloke called Mitrovic. No, no. Because I've worked out there's a loophole in fantasy football that if you play twice, <laughs> you know why Mitrovic is good. Twice you know why Mitrovic is good, don't you, Dan? I'm not quite Newcastle. faithful before you. He's a former Newcastle. How we <laughs> exactly? There you go. We what, 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 what an incredible coincidence. We've left Graham Swan uh, with a glass of wine and his England cap on, and it's a lovely way to finish the podcast. Chaps, great to see you. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Bye. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.